If you have Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Last week, Pastor Annette and I, we, we kind of tag team talked last week and talked about attitudes and we talked about being single-minded. And um, I just sense I need to kind of go a little further uh, with attitude. And an attitude is, uh, just to define it this way, is a mental feeling or emotional position towards a fact. It's how you think about something. It's a state of mind. So it's a state of mind. It's, it's a mental and emotional readiness. It's having a proper state of mind. Hallelujah. If, we wanna, if I want to be a successful husband, I'm going to have to have, and this is what I want to deal with, the attitude is, a total dependence on God. That, that's, that's not a thought. It's not, a, it's not even a message title. <laughs> but it has to become an attitude. Because if an attitude is a proper state of mind, it's a readiness state of mind, it's a position or feeling about something, my attitude, my attitude needs to be one. My position needs to be a total dependence upon God. Say that, total dependence upon God. As a successful, to be a successful believer, it's going to take a total dependence upon God. To be successful in any area of my life, there's going to have to be this total dependence upon God. And I'm speaking from experience here, but I think a lot of times we may encounter things in life and we, we may approach things with an attitude of, I can handle this. I can handle this. I can, de- I can deal with this pressure. I-, I can handle this. And that could go from something small to something M- massive. As believers, there's never, not one thing, we should carry the attitude of, I've got this. Well, you're like, well, well I'm a person of faith. I, because I have faith, I've got this. Well, wait a minute. Whose faith are you living by? Paul said, Paul said this, that I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives within me and the life that I now live. He says, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So Paul wasn't even talking about his own faith. Romans chapter 12 says we've all been given the measure of faith. So I didn't get a different measure than you got. It's the measure If it was a measure, then Philip got a measure and this person could have got a different measure, but it's the measure, meaning it's a set portion. And, and so with us and as how we live our lives and, and why we live as, as Christians and believers is the fact that we live totally dependent upon God. And it doesn't matter how small the situation is, and it doesn't matter how great the situation might be. We have to lose the attitude that I've got this. Yeah, you may have that. You know, it's like this. I can do all things. Is that a scripture? Part of it. Is I can do all things through who? Who strengthens who? 
You see, so, so you can do all things in yourself, right? So, so it can be an attitude that we carry. I got this. I can handle this pressure and, and I, can, I, can, I can deal with this. But there's nowhere in scripture that we should, that, that tells us that we should do anything apart from him. Jesus said, of my own self, I can do nothing. If Jesus said that, we better have the same attitude. See, it, it was an attitude that Jesus had. I can't do anything apart from him. That's an attitude. It's a position of his mind. It's a position of his heart. Total dependence upon God. Now, we may never say, hold on. Now, how many here would make the statement, I don't need God? <laughs> it's kind of a rhetorical question there. But now, we, would, we may never make that statement in public. And we would never really consciously say, God, I don't need you. And we may never say it with our words, but actually the statement is revealed in our actions. We may never say, God, I don't need you, but we may see it in our actions. See, it, because it's an attitude. And if we're going to have success in life, we have to have the right mental attitude. And it's total dependence upon God. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 3. Verse one, this is familiar to us. It says, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. You want peace in your life? Where's it gonna come from? It's gonna come from the word, right? It's gonna add to you. Verse three, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Meaning, really, don't let it go of, of a revelation of the love of God and don't let go of the word. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. What bind them about your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. I'm telling you, you never, never let go of God's love for you and his word that he has for you. He's binded about your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God. Let's look at verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of your heart, all of your heart. All of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own. Don't lean. lean to lean into something is to trust something. If I'm leaning against this, I'm going to fall. I mean, I can, I'm putting part of my pressure, but like right now I'm moving because I'm leaning on this. But I'm telling you, God doesn't move. So here it's tell us, don't lean, lean not, lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean. Don't. So I'm not to trust in my understanding. See, you may think you have an understanding about the situation you're dealing with. But the thing is, 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 and yet, yet 
you're like, okay, I got this. That means you're not trusting God with it. You're trusting yourself with it. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways, in all your ways. In all your ways. All your ways. All your ways. Not just your Sunday morning or Wednesday night life at church. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in the little things. Acknowledge him in the great things. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Years ago, I, I was just um, going to minister along this scripture. And, and um, it was just while, actually while I was preaching and it just came out of me. And it was just like fresh revelation. And, and the Lord spoke this to me as I was preaching. It came out of me. He goes, God can only direct you in the areas you acknowledge him in. See, a lot of times we want direction, but yet have you acknowledged him yet? Have you acknowledged him in your finances? Lean not on on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Acknowledge him. Maybe he wants to do something different in your finances, but yet you're doing, you've been doing things yourself for too long, and yet he wants you to lean on him for your finances. And as you lean on him and trust him with it, then now he can start directing you in that area. And I'm telling you, he is a better financial planner than you are. No, how, no matter how much Dave Ramsey you've read. I like Dave Ramsey, by the way, but a lot of great wisdom that he has from the scripture. So, but my point is, is, is God may tell you to do something different than Dave Ramsey. See, so, so the thing is, is you say, well, this is, I'm going to live by this law because it works for him, but God may tell you to do something totally different. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. I mean, there's so many ways we could, we could go with this, but acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Now, this is it. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Wow. Do not, don't be wise in your own eyes. Now, First, I, I kind of thought what I knew what this scripture meant when it was talking about wise, but I, I looked up the Hebrew word for this, this phrase, wise in your own eyes. Now, listen to this, what this word wise means in the Hebrew. It means getting what you want by skill or manipulation to achieve your end by deceit. Don't be wise in your own eyes, meaning you have a better way of doing it, or I know how to make things work to get what I want. So God's saying, don't, don't live and be skillful in manipulation. You can't manipulate God. 
So, because if I'm being wise in my own eyes, I'm not trusting him for my provision or for the direction in my life. And it deals with every area of your life, not just finances. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Pastor Justin. Hallelujah. <laughs> Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. You know, to be totally dependent upon God means that there's no plan B. There's no plan B. To be totally dependent on God means that your eyes are fixed upon God. Do not be wise in my own eyes, but fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Now, we could go on and on with the, these, these scriptures, and there's a lot there that you probably wish I didn't read. But, <laughs> but I, I want to I key on this, don't be wise in your own eyes. I don't want to deal with the, the eyes aspect of things. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Let's look at, look at Psalms 25. Psalms 25. Psalms 25. For the sake of time, let's look at verse 12. Remember, it was, don't be wise in your own eyes. And it says, and fear the Lord and depart from evil. So the evil is what? Me being wise in my own eyes. So really, me trying to do things myself is actually is evil. Because if I'm not, if I'm being wise in my own eyes, I'm not fearing the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's Proverbs. Fear of the Lord meaning is, is I love what lo God loves and I hate what God hates. Fear of the Lord is not being scared of him. Fear of the Lord is being, I'm in awe of him. I mean, I'm overwhelmed by him. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So let's look at this. He says, who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity. Wow. So the man that fears the Lord, it says him himself shall dwell in prosperity. You like the sound of that? And it says, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. So not only by me fearing the Lord and putting him in the right position in total dependence upon him, not only does it cause me to prosper, but then it causes my descendants to inherit the earth. 
how you live in this, in this earth will affect generations after you. You can break the cycle in your life for the next generation. Verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. But see, if you're wise in your own eyes, you won't press into him to hear the secret. What's a secret? It's something that no one else might know. See, there's things that God has about your life that he knows about you that you don't know. But the thing is, but the thing is, is if you aren't trusting him with all your heart, if you're not acknowledge him in all your ways and you're not, and you're trying to be wise in your own eyes and you don't fear him, the thing is, is he can't reveal to you the secrets that will take you to prosperity. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. Wow. Now verse 15, my eyes, hallelujah are ever towards the Lord. So there's a connection between where my eyes are focused on, being wise in my own eyes and my, and my eyes being fixed on him has everything to do with the fear of the Lord. Here he says, my eyes are ever towards the Lord, meaning, meaning my eyes don't get off the Lord. They're ever, forever. I mean, ever, ever. Ever. I'm looking at the Lord this morning and it's, they're forever. So tonight I'm going to be looking at the Lord. My eyes are fixed on him. My eyes are ever towards the Lord for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. The word pluck there means to bring out of distress. So if you're going through a distressful, you're going through a time of distress and you're going through something. The thing is, is I need to fix my eyes on him. I need to turn to him. Let's look at Psalms 121. Psalms 121. Psalms 121. Verse one. What does the psalmist say here? I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not, not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. But what was the answer? I will lift up my eyes. I will lift up my eyes to where my help comes from. See, this is, we're not being wise in our own eyes. Why? Because I'm lifting up my eyes, total dependence. It's an attitude that we have to take. That's a position of our heart that we have to take. Let's look at Psalms 141. Psalms 141. Father. Verse uh, eight, he says, says this, but my eyes are upon you, O God, the Lord. In you, I take refuge. Do not leave my soul destitute. 
Keep me from the snares that they have laid for me and from the traps of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I escape safely. But what was the answer? My eyes are upon you. My eyes are upon you. That's, that's total dependence upon God. Hallelujah. Mm. So I'm just, there are just some things the Holy Spirit gave me this afternoon. And I'm just, sometimes he, as he gives it to you, it's like, how is this going to connect together? And so we'll just see how this works. <laughs> see, Holy, Holy Spirit will make, the, make up the difference. Let's go to Psalms 86. Psalms 86. Total dependence upon God. So we talked about trusting in the Lord with all our heart. We talked about leaning not our own understanding. We talked about not being wise in our own eyes. Talked about fearing the Lord, and we talked about how we, where our eyes need to be positioned. So let's look at Psalms 86, verse 5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplication. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and you do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Wow. Now, we, now we talked about fixing our eyes. But there's something I want to deal with as, as we go on because now, as a child... If you have children or we all were children, <laughs> when I was a child and I was having an issue or having a problem as a child and couldn't do something or fell over learning how to walk or a certain situation that might be going as a child, my father, Paul Bridges, would expect me to call out for him. You see, faith comes down to being totally dependent upon him. There is a cry of faith that the father responds to. Even as word of faith people that teach word of faith, there can be this mentality that we should not let our emotions be shown. One, we're not, the thing is, we're not to be moved by our emotions or led by our emotions. But the thing is, is do you totally depend upon God? I mean, this, the, the writer here, David is a man of faith. He's in Hebrews chapter 11. But what was the response 
to God in the midst of his trouble. For the Lord is good and ready to forgive, abundant in mercy to all who call upon him. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplication. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you. And, I, and there's this, let me just keep going. Let's go to Psalm 116. So David was a man of faith and he had a cry to God in the midst of his difficulty. Now, I believe Psalms 116 is a messianic psalm. And I believe it's referring to Jesus. And how many people we can, agree, we can agree that Jesus was a man of faith? Now, we're not led by our emotions. But yet, if we truly believe and are dependent upon God, something, faith is in the heart and in the mouth. Hmm. Second time, let's look at uh, verse two. Actually, verse one it says, I love the Lord because he heard my voice and my supplication because he has inclined his ear to me. Wait a minute, he's inclined his ear to me. He's inclined his ear to me. Do you know your father? Do you know Jesus is leaning towards you with a listening ear. He's inclining his ear towards you. Wow. Hallelujah. He hears my voice and stuff because, well, how did he hear his voice? Because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as, as I live. When was the last time you called upon God? When you're totally dependent upon him, he's all you can call upon. He said, the pains of death surround me. The pains of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called, then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, oh my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore I spoke. That's second Chronicles, second Corinthians chapter four. I believe, therefore I spoke. I'm greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all people. I mean, it doesn't matter who's listening. I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. Oh, Lord, truly, I'm your servant. I'm your servant, the son of your handmaiden. You have loosed my bonds, and I will offer to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And what? I will call upon the name of the Lord. So being dependent upon God is, yes, trusting him with all our heart. 
Being totally upon God is not is definitely not leaning on our own understanding. Calling upon God, I mean, de- totally dependent on God is not being wise in our own eyes and fearing the Lord, but it's also calling upon him who is our help. I'll start to close with this. Go to, uh, go to uh, Luke 18. Luke 18. We'll call upon the Lord. Hallelujah. When you're totally dependent upon him, you will call upon him. Hallelujah. He will be your focus in the midst of your storm. Hallelujah. I'm in Luke 8, so we need to get to Luke 18. Let's look at verse 1. Jesus is about to start speaking here. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. That's, a, that's a, a position of the heart, meaning I'm going to choose to pray instead of allow my battle to defeat me. That men always, 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 men always ought to pray. Men, all, all, men always, mankind always, male and female, man and woman ought always, always pray. So men and women should only pray when they're going through trouble. Men ought always to pray and not faint. The answer to a person that's living a life life of faith is a constant communion with heaven. That's total dependence. That's totally leaning into. That's totally keeping your eyes fixed upon. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Then he gives a parable. He goes, there was, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Meaning this judge didn't care who you were, who they were. He didn't care about anyone. He just was a judge. There was a certain man, a city, a, ju- in a, ju- a city and a judge. A certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, therefore, a widow in that city And she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. Get justice for me from my adversary. So this woman, she's coming to the judge. Why? Because the judge has the ability to do something about it. So she was doing the right thing. She was going to a judge. Let me tell you, stop running to people that can't fix your problem. So at least she was going to a person that had the ability to do something about her adversary. So she was going to the right place, so to speak. But we have to go make sure we're going to the person that's the judge. 
And I'm telling you, he, <laughs> he cares about everyone. He cares about you. This, so this was a natural judge that he care less about people. People. So he, she wants to get justice for me from my adversary. And it says, and he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself. He said within himself, though I do not fear God nor care about man, yet because this widow troubles me, I mean, it's like, oh, if I don't do something about her, oh my. And afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Now, if a natural judge would do that, that doesn't regard man. What would the creator of the universe, the judge of the universe that does care about man? Verse, then it says, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. Uh, also, people, don't be that person to other people either. Be dependent upon God, not your pastor. Now, I'll pray for you. Trust me. Now, you can depend on me, but I'm just saying, hey, but I'm saying there's a, there's a time when your faith life needs to work for you. I mean, you need to be dependent upon God. So I, I, I'm not saying I'm not compassionate. I love each one of you. And by the grace of God, I would never grow weary with each any of you. Henry, I heard that now. <laughs> Here with the, yeah, just don't be that person. But we need each other, so it's, it's okay. We need, we, we, we do, all right, just. But there comes a time when, yeah, okay. For us, open mouth, insert foot. Then the Lord said, hear what the, so hear what the unjust judge said. That's a tongue twister. Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Manny, if, the, if these people, if, if I'm being a natural judge and she comes to me and wearies me, will not God, will not God avenge his own elect? You need to know you're his elect. You're, you are his elect. You are chosen. You're his. And it says, and shall not God, these are Jesus' words, and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? <laughs> he bears long with us. He is, he is long-suffering personified. He's long-suffering I mean, we have the fruit of the spirit of long suffering, but no matter how much I can grow in that long suffering, he is far, his far as outweighs mine, outweighs mine, even though he bears long with them. Now listen to this, verse eight. I tell you 
that he who avenged, let me go back to verse seven. And shall, not, shall God not avenge his own elect who cried day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Wow. So when we're do- totally dependent upon him and fixed on him, and you, you are going to the one that the judge that has the answer, it says what? He will avenge them speedily. Now listen to this. Nevertheless, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? Now Jesus is talking about himself. When the Son of Man comes. He's, Jesus is the Son of Man. So Jesus is speaking here and he's saying when he returns, will he find a people that are crying out to God? Will he find a people that are totally dependent upon God? Jesus says when he comes, when he returns, what's Jesus looking for? Faith in the earth. Faith in the earth. The earth. And I'm telling you, our faith in the earth is all about being totally dependent upon him, being fixed on him and crying out to him and calling out to him. Now, let me close with this. Uh, mm. Go to Psalms 31. Just two, two more uh, sets of scriptures and then I'll be done. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word. Thank you, Father, that we will be ones. We make a decision that we will be ones that will be totally dependent upon you as we press into 2024, a year of progressing, advancing, and seeing our highest expectation fulfilled. We'll be totally dependent upon you. Psalms 31. Thank you, Lord. Verse one says, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your namesake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net which they've secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I've hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice. Now, who, who, pray, who, who prayed this? Verse five, into your hand I commit my spirit. It's Jesus. Jesus said that on the cross. Why? Because he was totally dependent upon his father. Now let me close with Psalms 18. Psalms 18, verse one. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Now, verse three, I will call upon the Lord 
who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Now, as I close with this, calling upon the Lord and crying out to the Lord is not begging him. Crying out to the Lord is, is not pleading with God. That's where, the, where it's, it's not this emotional, oh, woe is me. No, the cry is a cry of praise. A cry that is directed in the one that is the answer. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And what's the result? Result, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Verse six, actually verse four, the pains of death surrounded me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. I believe this is still could be speaking of Jesus when he was sent to the lower parts of the earth. But verse six says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. And I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him, even to his ears. Wow. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I thank you that how it empowers us and equips us. And I thank you, Lord, that we will leave here tonight knowing that the most important thing in our lives and the most important attitude that we need to obtain is in this attitude that we are to- totally dependent upon God. We choose to trust you, Father, with all of our heart. We choose to not lean on our own understanding. We choose not to be wise in our own eyes. And we choose to fear the Lord. And Lord, we choose in the midst of distress, in the midst of difficult times, we will cry out to the one who is worthy to be praised. And you will save us from our enemies. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive that tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. I love his word. Do you love his word? Amen. Hallelujah.